Hi everyone, I'm reading from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 23. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered round Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honour your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your, your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. Again Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Good evening everybody. It's lovely to have you join us. Now this evening we're looking at Mark chapter 7. I've called this talk the heart of the matter. That's Mark 7 verses 1 to 23. Let's just pray as we look at God's word. Lord, please help me to unwrap this passage, but please will you apply it to our lives so that we are more the sort of people you want us to be. For Christ's sake. Amen. <clears throat> One cold uh, winter's morning, a friend of mine who lives in the country had a knock on his door. There were three Jewish men standing there. 
they asked him for his help and being a practical man he said yes I'll come and help you they explained that their central heating wasn't working so he went with them the half mile walk and when he got there he realized what the problem was it was a Saturday morning they weren't allowed to turn the switch on for the central heating to be turned on and all he had to do is just to press the switch now that's the ridiculous state that some Jewish law had come to in Jesus's day my first point is that in religion rules reign in religion rules reign the, <coughs> the Mishnah is a uh, is a compilation of the laws around the laws they they could made up and brought together in the second century AD but they were based on the oral laws that were existing for hundreds of years and were the laws that were around in Jesus's time tradition is a fence around the law that's what the Mishnah says and some of the laws there are, are really absurd in regards to the Sabbath there are 39 major categories that an Orthodox Jew has to keep let me give them an example on a Sabbath you're not allowed to look in a mirror why well because you might find a grey hair and be tempted to work by pulling it out it's absurd you're not allowed to wear your false teeth on the Sabbath well because they might fall out onto the ground and then you'll be tempted to pick them up again and that's work and you certainly can't carry a handkerchief in your pocket now you can have it tied around your wrist but this is work cleanliness in one copy of the Mishnah there are 160 pages talking about how to be ritually clean it's it went to such absurd lengths uh, ritual washing was everywhere you can see how it started and the priests in the Old Testament had to be uh, ritually clean to be considered holy and so when everyone else wanted to be holy they said well we'll get ritually clean we'll wash and wash and wash them again and it became an obsession let's just read uh, Mark 7 3 and 4 if you got your Bible there it'd be very helpful if you could look this the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders when they come from the marketplace they don't eat unless they wash and they observe many other traditions such as the washing of cups pitchers and kettles Wow <laughs> The ritual of washing again was was quite fanciful you had someone pour water onto your hands you'd rub your hands and then you would lift up your hands so that the water would uh, drop off your elbow 
Then you do some, do the same thing again. They pour some more water on your hands. You'd rub them, and this time you'd let the water drip off your fingertips. That's how to be clean. <laughs> there are over three hundred pages in this Mishnah saying how to be clean with your all your cooking instruments. All these details. There was a one rabbi who was excommunicated because he failed to wash before he ate some bread. And there's another rabbi. Uh, he was imprisoned by the Romans and they gave him a, an allocation of how much water he was allowed each day. But he used it up doing his ritual cleansing some might say there's nothing left over to drink, and he nearly died. Well, in Jesus' time, these problems became rife. Look at our, our passage. Uh, purity was important, but they thought it was an outward purity, and they fenced this in with more and more fences. Well, how does this apply to us today? Well, unfortunately, even in Christianity, we do have these rituals. When I was uh, in Poland, people there thought that by going regularly to confession and then going to Mass, this somehow made them acceptable to God. Well, what about us? Us as evangelicals? Can we for the same sort of problem? Can we think, well, if I'm regularly attending church, if I'm reading my Bible every day and, and praying, that somehow that makes me okay with God? These rituals are dangerous. They're not saying they're bad things, but we need to be careful that it's in our hearts that we're right. Now, in Jesus' day, can you see this conflict? It's not surprising. There's a, a great big conflict here. Look at verse 5. The Pharisees, teachers of the law, asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? Well, this is obviously a, an official delegation come from Jerusalem out to catch people out. Why aren't you keeping to the rituals? But look how Jesus replied. He, he quotes the Bible. Isaiah was right, verse 6, when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Wow. He's saying, look, this description of Isaiah fits you people. Whoops. It's a, it's a real problem. But do you notice Jesus applies the authority of Scripture in his reply? Jesus knew the Bible. He'd learnt it. So he knew how to reply to these sort of criticisms. Can you also note how 
these two ideas are contrasted. You've got the uh, commands of God that Jesus stands by. Look, look at verse 8. Look at verse 9. Verse 13. Keeps coming. It's the commands of God, the word of God, that should control how we live. And Jesus contrasts this with the traditions of men. And this comes seven times, I think, in this passage. Verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 7, 8, 9, 13. <laughs> I wonder what the reaction of the uh, Pharisees and the teachers of the law was. I suspect by this stage they were very angry indeed. Not only were there traditions which they equated with the word of God were being criticised, but now he calls them hypocrites. Well, what about our priorities today? Is our priority really to be a godly people, people who love to behave as the Lord Jesus wants us to, who are fulfilling what he wants, we're getting the gospel out so that other people can be saved? Is this really what bothers us more than anything else? Let's look at another example of how uh, the religious people went wrong. Look at verses 9 to 13. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, again, taking back to the Bible, honour your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is korban, that is a gift devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. Wow. And we know the Ten Commandments, the, the Fifth Commandment there, in, uh, that thou shalt uh, honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord has given you. And next chapter comes even tougher. Teenagers take note. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. Wow. So, but the Pharisees uh, changed this. They said, well, yes, but our tradition is that if you give money to the church, that's more superior to caring for your parents. If you give money to the temple, you support this cause that we support. Oh, it's a very dangerous line to take. You see, we set up our own righteousness according to some system. And then when we find it difficult, we just modify the system. You can see how it is. In religion, rules reign. And that's a disaster. But contrast this. In Christ, 
It's our hearts that count. Religion and ritual we've seen surrounded Judaism. For, verse 14. Uh, sorry, uh, yes, verse 14. And Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everybody, and understand this. Do you see what Jesus is doing? He's contrasting the traditions of the religion with what Jesus himself teaches. He is the word of God. That's what we've got to take note of. Now, verse 15. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it's what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Oh dear, this is so revolutionary. It's hard for us today to realise how revolutionary this idea is. There's a, a man, Dr Vincent Taylor, who wrote one of the great commentaries on Mark. And he said this, In laying down the principle that uncleanness comes from within and not from without, it stated a truth uncommon in contemporary Judaism, which was destined to free Christians from the bondage of legalism. William Barclay, not always the most brilliant commentator, but he said, this is well nigh the most revolutionary passage in the New Testament. It's the heart that matters. Do you remember in Acts, Acts 10, when Peter was down in Joppa, he was praying up on the roof and he had this vision of a sheet coming down from heaven and in it were four-legged, unclean animals. There were some horrid things, reptiles, lizards, as well as snakes and unclean birds. And then he hears a voice saying, uh, arise and eat. Peter was aghast because he'd been brought up in Judaism. Oh, not so, Lord, surely not. And this is told to him, Three times he has this. Now why? Well, it's very clear. He was being prepared to go and share the gospel with Cornelius and his friends. Now, it was against the law for Jews, who are supposed to be God's outwardly righteous people, to mix with the unclean riffraff, particularly Romans. But no, God says, your priority is to share the gospel. Uh, well, he, he obliges. This group from Cornelius come and he goes with them. And this is the beginning of the ministry to the Gentiles. Let's go back here, Mark 7, 17. After he'd left the crowd and entered the house, the, his disciples asked him about his, this parable. Hey, hold on a minute, this isn't a parable, is it? They haven't understood it. This is straight teaching. God looks at our hearts. Do you remember when Samuel chose David? Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There's a, a teaching going around at the moment. It started with the well, it didn't start, but it's popularised by the New Age movement. 
Some of the older people may remember Shirley MacLaine. They're teaching that man is basically good. You know, all we need is to be well-trained, to be educated. That's the very opposite of what the Bible teaches. Jer Jeremiah is a verse well worth knowing. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. That comes again and again in the Bible. There is no righteousness in us. Uh, it's worth going through those. Uh, Romans 3, 10 to 12. There's no one righteous. No, not one. No one who understands. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. C.S. Lewis very wisely commented after he became a Christian, having been an, an atheist, he realised actually how his heart was naturally biased to being selfish and not inclined to doing what God wanted. He said, a common symptom of the regenerate life is that we know what we are. How true that is. Well, it's a naive error, but it is rampant today. All we need is a better education, a better community, then everything will work out. Oh, it'll help. It'll help for a while, but not for long. Without the love of God in our hearts, we will have great troubles. We won't have the power of God to live as he wants. There are many educated crooks in prison. Hell will be full of educated people. It's the heart that needs to be changed. I've got here, uh, I, I gave Rosie a present and I bought one for myself, uh, a couple of, I don't know if you can see it, these are Rolex watches. Can you see them? That's Rosie's one here. Um, very nice. The, the only problem is uh, they don't work. They look fine. They've got Rolex all over the, the front. But they're false. They're a sham. And that's the same. And it's so easy for us to, to be pretend Christians. Outwardly, part of it. But our hearts are not sold out to living for the Lord Jesus. Yeah, some people have seen the problems, seen the decadence in churches, and the worldliness, and they say, well, the church isn't the answer. It's got to be an ism. Uh, communism. Uh, Islam. The, the problem is the only way that these uh, systems can control societies is by discipline, control, legal, and often pretty awful uh, control too. Now, the answer is the Word of God, it's the Bible. The, in Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart, God says. I'll put a new spirit in you. 
Isn't that encouraging? You see, all of us are tempted with wrong thoughts. And yet God says, I can give you a power that will control what's going on. Just look down here at the, uh, the end of this passage. And if we think that in our hearts, look at verse 21. For from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. Remember what Jesus redefined those as. Hatred, lust, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, running other people down, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Now, do we feel that we're being tempted on any of these? Notice the first one, right, that out of our hearts come evil thoughts. That's the source of everything. It's out of our hearts, our thinking. If we are tempted in any of these ways, then we've got to get our hearts right to come back to the Lord Jesus. Ask him to clean our hearts. It's a supernatural work of God. And it's a continual process that keeps going on and on. It's out of a godly heart that the work of the Spirit comes. Do you remember what the, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Interesting, self-control comes at the end. If we haven't got self-control, we need the power of God. But you see what Jesus is doing here? He's contrasting outward religion from the true spirituality that God wants to see in us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are so straight with us. You know our hearts. You know the sort of things we think about. Lord, please help us all to keep repenting, repenting of wrong thoughts, repenting of a lack of self-control. Lord, and to come back to you, to open our lives to you and determine that the few years that we have on this planet, we're going to live for your cause, for your ends, to show people what it means to be godly people. Please be with every one of us, we pray. Amen. Amen.